to John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. And after you find John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5, you can please stand on the reading of his word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were created through him, and without him, nothing was created that was created. In him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness was not, excuse me, has not overcome it. God honor and bless his word, and you may be seated. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Messiah. He is the Messiah. And the Messiah, the word Messiah, the Hebrew word for Messiah, means the anointed one, the Savior. The Jewish people, that is to say, the Hebrews, they were waiting and looking for the Messiah. They had been waiting for him. They've been waiting for him for a very long time. The Jewish faith and the Jewish people were one at the time. God had called them to spread the word. Now, some say that they were meant to miss the mark, and they were not called to miss the mark. Because had they found Jesus and realized it was him, they would have spread the word to all people, right? They would have. But as it was, as it was, by the way, not all Jewish people missed that mark. <laughs> there were some who saw it, realized it, accepted it, and spread that word. Peter, John, James, others, Philip, others, you know. They did that. They spread that word. Either way, the Hebrew uh, word Messiah means anointed one, Savior. The title of today's sermon is the is Old Testament Messiah. Next week's we'll go with this one on Easter. Old Testament Messiah, and we'll have the New Testament one as well. But that being said, that's the title of today's sermon. Jesus always has been, always is, always will be. And that is why I wore a tie, and I wore it, wore it once before for just a second. And this tie is Christ in front of the world with the three crosses. I ordered this tie knowing that it would go so very well. That's a beautiful tie. I loved it. I saw that. I got through Walmart, actually. Ordered it. Thought it was beautiful. I thought, it's not very often you see a tie so pretty. And it is, too. Jesus Christ in front of the whole world. Because, folks, he lived and died for the whole world. And he did. Just this week, I saw a show, an old show. Actually, it's Young Indiana Jones. But what was said on there was that God is in everyone. And everyone knows God. And I thought, oh, so sad. It's not true. He's not in everyone. He's part of everyone. knows everyone. And not everyone is a part of God. Of course, the one who wrote it is a Buddhist. But the fact of the matter is, is that is not true. I wish that were true. But one part that is true is God does love everyone. God did come to die for everyone. God does know everyone. I will apologize right away. I'm, I'm very sore today. I'm, I'm out of my medicine for 
for arthritis. So if I'm not up and around like usual, that's the reason. But I probably will be around anyway, just sore. <laughs> the truth is, is that God loves everyone and he came for everyone. But in the Old Testament, he spoke about coming. He was the Messiah, the Hebrew word for Savior. The Greek word is Christ. We'll talk about that next week. But the fact of the matter is, he always has been, always is, always will be. Always will be. Jesus is God. Wait a minute, Pastor, you're going a little fast. I thought Jesus was the Son of God. He is, he is, he is. You see, you see, that's why we talk about the Trinity. But the word Trinity is not in the Bible. Yeah, I know that. I know that. They don't talk about the word Crick either. But Crick, Creek, whatever you want to call it, I'm, I'm, I'm Southern, so therefore we say Crick, okay? They don't use the word Creek necessarily. It's still in the Bible. They don't say they don't say the, all sorts of words in the Bible. Still there. They're still there. They just use different wordings. They don't use the word dinosaur. Dinosaurs are still in the Bible. Okay? It's there. The word the Trinity is in the Bible. There's God. Did they say God? Yeah. God the Father. That's in the Bible. God the Father. In other words, Yahweh. Yahweh. What is Yahweh? Yahweh. That's the Hebrew word that they call the name of the Lord. Yahweh. That's the God the Father. But there's a Latin version of that. Jehovah. That's what we call in the New Testament. Jehovah. It's the Lord. The Lord Father. Father of God. There's other titles too. We'll go into that some other time. We'll have all the titles that we could have for the Father. But there's also another title. There's God the Son. And that's Jesus. That's Jesus what we call him. There's other names for that too. We can go into that some other time. And then there's God the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. We call him. In the New Testament, they call it Holy Ghost. Oh, isn't that separate from the Holy Spirit? No, it's only the same. And it's still God. It's still God. All three. And in the Garden of Eden, there they were, all together. All together. God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Oh, can you prove that? Well, yes, actually. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 22, what does it say? It says, this man, this man, talking about Adam and, and Eve and all, but it says, this man has become like one of us. One of us. Knowing good from evil. This is why they separated garden from me and they put down that sword. Do you remember? Like one of us. Like one of us. I had someone try to argue with me. Oh, I was talking about other gods. Oh, hush. Uh, hush, hush, hush. Shut up, use. There's only one God. Only one God. We're not going to get into all that. Thank you for amen in that. It's true. It's true. Not my word. Lord's word. So let's get into the Old Testament Messiah. Old Testament side, there's two parts of this today, only two parts, because we have something else to do too. There's two parts to this today. We're going to talk about the Old Testament Messiah, part one. We're going to talk about pre-incarnate Christ. And then part two, we're going to talk about the prophecies, the prophecies of the, the uh, Messiah to come, in other words, Christ, right? So Old Testament Messiah, part one here is pre-incarnate Christ. That means pre-existence, before he was born. So Jesus did come before. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means he was an angel or a spirit or whatever. It doesn't mean he was born already. We're not talking about that. Does that mean he was here in physical form? Yes and no. I mean, I'm sure he could have touched things and done things, but it doesn't mean he was already in a human form. I mean, he appeared in a human form, okay? I understand that. When we try to get into 
theologies of it gets a little confusing because we're not God. To God, it makes sense. To us, not so much because we got these little bitty pea brains. Speak for yourself, pastor. Well, I'm speaking for all of us. I don't mean to insult anybody, but compared to God, we have smaller than pea brains. <laughs> we got like little dust-sized brains compared to God, right? You can amen that. I know we don't like to amen it, I know we're like, well, I don't know, Einstein, let me tell you something. Compared to God, Einstein was an absolute doofus. <laughs> Compared to God, Einstein would have agreed. Compared to God, we are all nothing. Absolutely nothing. But, praise God, he loves us. And through him, the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. Solomon, wisest of all time? Nope. But with God's wisdom, he had wisdom. Amen. You see, that's the beauty of it. So let's take a look at the pre-incarnate Christ, pre-existing Christ. He appeared at least, and I say at least because I don't know how many times, but at least 11 times, at least 11 times, pre-incarnate Christ, that is to say, the uh, Old, Testament Messiah, Old Testament Messiah, Christ appeared and showed up. And let's talk about some of these, okay? We'll talk about all of them. First of all, there was an individual and I'm not going to say I know for a fact it's Christ because it's a little confusing. There's an individual called Metzedek. Metzedek. Metzedek showed up in Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14. And we're not going to read it, but I'm going to talk to you about him. He represents Jesus. So either he was an angel or a spirit or whatever, and he represented Jesus. He was a king and a priest. And the reason why we know he represents Jesus, because it says that we don't know where he came from, don't know his parents, don't know anything. It says there, he had no beginning and no end. So we know he represents Jesus. And it spoke about him again in the Old Testament in Psalm 110. Psalm 110 speaks about him. We're not going to read about it. We're just going to tell you about it. And Jesus mentioned him in Matthew, Matthew 22, 43. Jesus mentioned and then he is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 7. So he's mentioned a lot. And the only one I'm going to quote to you, because it's just, it's just too much to go through it all, but I'm going to quote to you Hebrews chapter 6, verse 20. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 20, it says, This is where Jesus has entered for us a forerunner, since he has become the everlasting high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek, actually. Melchizedek. So, the point is, is that he's compared to Jesus. In other words, he is a sign or a representation of Jesus. Is this Jesus, or at least a, a angel appearing as I don't know. But we do know that he is at least a symbol, a sign, a, a, a representation of Jesus. Mel, Melchizedek. Okay, and then there's the angel of the Lord. Now, this can be confusing because in the Bible, many times it says the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord. Now, there is an, an angel of the Lord. An angel of the Lord is one of God's angels. Gideon's one of them. We know that. Michael, later on, we'll, we'll see him. An angel of the Lord. And then there's the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord is Jesus. It is Jesus. And we have at least 11, maybe more times that he shows up. So I'm going to I'm going to give them to you. Maybe someday I'll give you a list on Wednesday night or something. We'll go through that. 
See, this is why you all want to come on Wednesday nights. See, I'm putting in a little plug here. Come Wednesday nights. You'll learn a whole, whole lot. But on Wednesday nights, we talk about these things. So there's the angel of the Lord, and the angel of the Lord is pre-incarnate Christ. Before his birth, he showed up in the form of angels and such. First of all, we have Genesis chapter 16, verse 7 through 14. We're not going to read it. We're just mentioning it to you. So you can write that down. Genesis chapter 16, 7 through 14. So Genesis chapter 16, Hagar, which is the maid of, at that point, it was she was named Sarai. And Hagar, now this is a horrible thing. Sarai says to Abram, maybe God, well, she's interrupting the Lord here. Maybe, uh, maybe God doesn't want you to have a baby with me. Maybe he meant to have it with my maid. And then she gets jealous and mad at her maid and sends her out. What a horrible thing. This is why you do not interpret what God means. Let the Holy Spirit do it. Don't you tell people what God said? No. <laughs> Let God do the talking. Not you, right? So then she gets mad and jealous and sends Hagar out there into nothingness. But the angel of the Lord showed up. The angel of the Lord showed up and comforted Hagar. And sent her back home and told her that she would be blessed. And she was. But then there's the, this. Is, I'm not going to count this as number two. Because I'm a little confused by it. It doesn't say angel of the Lord. It just says, in uh, Genesis chapter 17, I'm going to count this as one and a half because I'm not exactly sure because <laughs> what it's saying because it can be confusing. So one and a half is Genesis chapter 17 to Abram before his na name is changed. In fact, this is where his name gets changed. Uh, Genesis chapter 17 to Abram. God appeared, it said. God appeared. We know God. No one's seen the face of God. We know that. So I assume it's the angel. But it says that God appeared and made a covenant and changed Abram's name, by the way. This is where the covenant comes and the whole circumcision promise is made, okay? That's where that whole thing happens. Uh, anyway, that's when that whole thing happens. And I can imagine the look of the men's faces when he, when Abraham comes back and, and uh, explains to his helpers, to his son, uh, who's about 13 at the time, his son uh, Ishmael, and says, by the way, we all have to go through this whole covenant thing. I'm sure that was a lot of fun for them. Then the, the next thing we have, number two, we're going to count this as, number two, uh, angel of the Lord is with Abraham now is his name Genesis 18 Genesis 18 verse 1 it says that an angel appeared near the oak there were three men there were three men there and one of them and we know they were angels but one they appeared as men and they announced that Isaac was coming he said you're going to have a son the one that you have is not the one you're going to have a son they mentioned that Isaac was going to come and they mentioned also that Sodom and Gomorrah was going to be doomed. The next chapter of Sodom and Gomorrah. But either way, that's what happens. That's Genesis chapter 18. That's the next thing. Then, scooting on up there, number three, number three appearance of the angel of the Lord is Genesis chapter 22, verse 14. And the angel of the Lord stopped Abraham from sacrificing his son Isaac. That's Jesus. So I got a lot of redrawing to do. There's old pictures I've drawn. <laughs> I just thought they were angels. I didn't know they, it was Jesus, you know, angel of the Lord, pre-incarnate Christ. Now I got to redo some things. But anyway, then number four, pre-incarnate Christ. Number four, angel of the Lord is Jacob. Jacob in Genesis chapter 32. And 
Now, many of you, most of you don't know wrestling or anything. This has happened to happen on WrestleMania weekend. I didn't realize that I've been preaching this on that day, okay? But just so I've preached this before, calling this Jacob's WrestleMania moment, okay? Jacob wrestled the angel of the Lord. Again, I had to redraw because I didn't know that's what this was. But he wrestled, he wrestled with Jesus. He wrestled with Jesus. And this is, by the way, where he threw his hip out of place and he had to walk. Uh, hurt for the rest of his life. Dad used a cane like I do. <laughs> and uh, he was renamed Israel. This is where the name Israel comes from. And we can see that this happened in Hosea, Hosea 12, 4. It says in Hosea 12, 4, he struggled with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought favor with him this is where you know it's Jesus, too, because it says him in a capital. And sought favor with him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spoke with us. Okay, so, so we know this is Christ. Then number five, number five, angel of the Lord, Moses. Moses in the burning bush, Exodus chapter 3, verse 2. I didn't know this years ago. The burning bush is pre-incarnate Christ. Isn't that nice to know? Interesting, interesting. He is the light after all, isn't he? Then number six, pre-incarnate Christ. Here we go. The cloud. The cloud, folks. No, I'm not talking about what you get your information from your phone on. Okay? I am talking about in Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. Listen to what it says here. Write this down. Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. Listen to what it says. The Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they might travel by day and by night. We've heard about it. We've seen it. I'm sure you've seen Ten Commandments. Some of you all watched it last night. I know for sure, for certain because Sister Carol told me and others had told me about it. But that's a great classic movie. That was Jesus, pre-incarnate Christ. He is the light. He led them by the light. He's the cloud. He's there with us constantly by day and by night. He never leaves us, never forsakes us. He led them. He fed them. He gave them whatever they needed. That's Jesus. Isn't that nice to know? Okay, number seven, Gideon. Remember there was an angel sitting there, and he called Gideon to judge. It's in Judges chapter 6, verse 11 through 23. Judges chapter 6, there is the Lord Jesus, even before he was born. He's always been, always will be. <laughs> and then number eight, Samson. And Samson's parents, actually. But he, remember, they were old. He told about the birth of their son that was coming. And he had a calling. That's Judges chapter 13, verse 3 through 20. See, Jesus is evolved. He's always been, always will be. I didn't understand this growing up. People don't even now, a lot of times, Christians say, well, Jesus wasn't in existence. I heard people saying the other day, uh, they were talking about, well, part of it's from that show I was telling you about, from Indiana Jones, but part of it is people are ignorant to it. And I understand a lot of Christians, or I was for a long time. They say, well, technically, technically, I always say, well, technically, and I'm one of them who fails. It says it a lot of times, well, technically, but technically, Jesus didn't exist until later on. No, Jesus always was. People say, technically, it was the Christians that made up Jesus, blah, blah, blah. No. Well, let's get technical about it. Technically, Jesus always has been, always will be. He is. Amen? 
There you go. Number nine, Isaiah. Isaiah. Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 6, met a majestic prophet. That was Jesus. Pre-incarnate Jesus. Number 10. Number 10. I'm sorry if I'm going too fast for you. I really am. Number 10. Oh, I love this. One of my favorites. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He appeared in the fiery furnace as they were rejoicing, and he was rejoicing with them. Daniel chapter 3. I'm not going to give you the verse. Daniel chapter 3. Read it. A beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And then three chapters later, there's number 11. Goes to 11. <laughs> Daniel chapter 6. Daniel was thrown to the lions, and he come in there and he says, shut your mouth. He shut the mouths of the lions, and they did not eat Daniel, and he was there with them. And I'm sure there's more, perhaps, probably a lot more that I'm not aware of. And if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong and you know more, share them with me. I know that he was there for them. I read some things and lists. They said there was eight, some said seven, some said nine, some said ten. I found eleven. I put different ones together, found eleven. There's probably more. I don't know. But we know this. Christ always was, he is, and he always will be, and he's with you every day and every night. You never have to worry. You never have to wonder, where is Jesus? He's with you. He's with you. He sees what you're doing and says, well, I'm going to do something wrong now because Christ is not with you. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Does Jesus see what we're doing? Yes, he does. Oh, that kind of scares me. Well, we should be. We should be. We should be. We should know what he did for us. He came on that Palm Sunday. He came. He lived that week. He knew holiness week was coming. Every All through that week, so many things happened. When he was talking to the disciples, when he was performing the miracles, when he was looking at the people that he knew was going to kill him in just a couple of days. He knew. And he knew that his palms, talking about Palm Sunday, he knew what was going to happen in his palms. He was going to have nails stuck in him. And he was doing it for you. And he was doing it for me. And he knew that he was going to look at some of his very disciples, the very one that was going to deny him. And even the very one that not only turned his back on him, but was going to end up killing himself. The one that he said had devil in him. He also died for him. But he didn't accept him. So my question is, are you going to be like Peter? Who denied him? Are you going to be like Judas? Who betrayed him? And didn't accept him anyway. So the Old Testament Messiah, part two here, is all the prophecies. And you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this, what I'm about to say. There were over 300, 300 prophecies in the Old Testament. 300, or at least in the Bible. 300 prophecies. 300 prophecies, and they're all fulfilled. All fulfilled. Now, all be fulfilled. There's one or two that are still to be fulfilled. But all the prophecies, 300 prophecies of Jesus Christ. 300 pro Now, you realize the there's no way on earth that even 10% of that could be fulfilled. And <laughs> can you imagine that if someone said, I think you're going to do this or this, and then you fulfill them, and you'd be like, and he's like, man, look at the percentage of that. I don't even know how that could happen. 
Well, Jesus Christ, all, over 300 prophecies, and they're all fulfilled except for the one or two that are still to be fulfilled. Wow, that's amazing. You know why? It's God. He can do all things and has done all things and will do all things. Amen. Jesus is the Messiah. He wasn't just the Messiah. He wasn't just the Messiah. He is the Messiah. Now, I'm going to read you this first one. I've got a whole bunch here. I decided to try to bring all 300. I'm, of course, joking. I decided to do half. There's 150 here. I'm joking. I decided to bring 30 of the three. I'm kidding again. I decided to bring 10. Now, with those 10, I'm only going to do what I have time for. So I brought it down. But the first one I am going to do for certain, because it's Palm Sunday, listen to this. This is from the book of Zechariah 9.9. Write that down. Zechariah 9.9. This is all about Palm Sunday. Listen to this now. It's, it's called the coming king of Zion. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, and cry aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and able to deliver. He is humble and riding on a donkey, a colt, the offspring of a donkey. And both of that is true, by the way, because he, he wrote on two, not just one. Now, I think it's Matthew that has just the one mentioned, but in reality, you see on the others that he was on two animals, a colt and a donkey. But the point of it is that if you look at this, they he it was said that he was going to do it. And he he I love that he the stuff he even said on the cross was to fulfill prophecies. When he says, Father God, why have that forsaken me? That was fulfilling a prophecy as well that was said in Psalm. It's great that he was fulfilling prophecies all the time, speaking the scriptures. I loved it. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. Another one for you. Psalm 22, 15 through 18. He says, in Psalm 22, 15 through 18, it says, My strength is dried up like a pot shirt, and my tongue cleaves to my jaws. And you have set me toward the dust of death. For dogs have encompassed me, the assembly of the wicked has enclosed me like a lion. They pin my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare on me. They part my garments among them and cast lots for my clothes. Look at all the prophecies. All this coming through. It's amazing. It's amazing. And there's, like I said, over 300. And we're not going to read them all. <laughs> just, just 200. No, I'm going to keep getting with you. But this one's about the birth. We've heard it every Christmas. And so, so good. And so many of those. Isaiah, oh, Isaiah. Isaiah, Jeremiah. Uh, the, uh, Ezekiel mentions a few. Oh, Deuteronomy, Daniel. We're just going to read a couple here. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, eternal Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with justice and with righteousness. From now until forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And it goes so far to say, even in, in the book of Isaiah in chapter 11, I'm not going to read it to you right now. But it goes so far, he would say it's going to come right from the righteous branch of Jesse. Jesse being the father of David. I just mentioned David. 
So it, it knows everything. The, the God told to Isaiah, and he prophesied everything, pretty much. Isaiah 42, verse 1. Now, there's a lot said here, but I'll just say verse 1 here. Isaiah 42, 1. Isaiah 42, verse 1 says, He is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth justice to the nations. Isaiah 50, verse 6. Isaiah 50, verse 6 says, I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheek to those who plucked out my beard. I did not cover my face from shame and spitting. It's amazing, isn't it? Verbatim, word for word, seeing what Christ was going to suffer for us. This one is going to get you. Isaiah 53. Three through nine. I was going to just say three and then six, then nine, but it's just filled with so much here. Isaiah 53, three through nine. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. And we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded of our transgressions. He was bruised of our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Iniquity meaning sin. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before the shears is, is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was struck. His grave was assigned with the wicked, yet with the rich in his death, because he had gone, he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. You see how many how much is there? How much is there? In the prophecy and there's more but I'm only gonna do a couple more for you because we're running out of time and we got more to do so Deuteronomy 1815 Deuteronomy which is written by Moses Deuteronomy 1815 Deuteronomy 1815 says the Lord your God will rise will raise up for you a prophet from the midst of you of your brothers like me you must listen to him of course, he's speaking about Christ here. And then Daniel, oh, now listen, this is yet to come, but it will. And be prepared. Some ask all the time, we live in the last days, you bet, we have him for 2,000 years, but it's even more so now. Every day, if you turn on the television, I don't care what channel you listen to. You can have people who try to, you can't see the truth, but I'm telling you right now, if, unless you're blind as a bat, you can see the truth. It's right in front of you, we're in the last days. Only a fool could say otherwise. Oh, well, they don't say it on this one. They're fools. 
and they don't know the Lord, or they don't want to know the Lord, or they don't want to see the truth. But I'm telling you, we're in the last days, and if you have Christ in you, good for you. But you better see the truth, because if you have Christ in you, he's speaking to you all the time. They can lock up who they want. They can do what they want. They they're not, better not be locking up the truth that lives within you, because if that's the case and you can't see what's going on, then you better make for certain that the truth is living within you and loud as it ought to be. It says in Daniel 7, 13 through 14. And remember, this is written the chapter after he was thrown to the lions. Daniel 7, 13 through 14. I saw in a night visions, a dream. I saw in, in the night visions, and there was one like a son of man, talking about Jesus now, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient of days and was presented before him and was presented before him there was given to him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples nations and languages should serve him his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that which that which shall not be destroyed when people tell you that the earth is coming to an end liars when people say the earth is going to be destroyed, no, it will not be destroyed. It will be recreated by the Lord God himself. It's not going to blow up. It's not going to be destroyed. God is going to take care of it. Don't you worry about it. God is in charge, not the people of the Green New Deal, because I happen to know there's a new red deal that Christ is going to come in with his blood and wash it white as snow. I'm not worried about all that. I'm not talking about living uh, stupidly and doing whatever you want to do, but I am talking about doing what God wants you to do because the world is going to be taken care of in his hands, not the hands of crazy people out there. They have all the answers because God's got the answers taken care of by him, not by me or anyone else. Because as I said before, Jesus always has been, always is, and always will be. And if you don't know that, then you don't know him. Don't listen to those people on television. Don't listen to those people all the time trying to tell you something different. Know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And that's what you need to know. And you can have a wonderful holiness week if you have the Holy One living in you and put peace in you. That's why I'm not worried. People say, you don't worry enough. Well, you worry too much. And I don't need to worry because I have the one that takes all my worries away and puts the hope in me. And by the way, I do worry. I worry all the time. I worry for the people who don't know him. I worry for those who are ill, especially those who are ill, and I don't know personally where they stand. I don't know where some of the people of Hollywood stand. Some of them say, you're judging. No, I'm using judgment. Here's the thing. I don't know where the president stands. I, I only know by their actions they're known. I know I love him. Doesn't mean I love everything he says or does. I mean, but here's the thing: I love him. I don't want anyone to suffer, and so I pray for him. I don't know where Donald Trump stands, but I pray for him. I don't know where all the people of Hollywood stand, but I pray for him. I don't know where the, all the people of government stand, as I mentioned a moment ago, but I pray for him. I don't know where all the people who I see in the street driving stand, but I pray for him. You know why? Because I love them. Christ loves them. That's why he came. They spoke about it all through the Old Testament. The Messiah is coming. And so he came. And even those people, as we'll talk about next week, even those people who said they knew him, talking about the 
the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all those people, they said they knew him. And when the time came, they didn't know him and wouldn't accept him. Just because someone says they know him doesn't mean they know him. And the question is, do you? As Holiness Week begins, make sure that you know that you know that you know. Because Jesus always has been, and he always is, and always will be. But with that, there's always people who think they know him, and then they don't. And it's so sad. So make sure you do. Make sure that you know him. And the verse we're going to close on is this. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Oh, it's one of my favorites. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. And you got to remember, whoever wrote this, whether it be Paul, whether it be John, whether it be whoever, it says, I know one Timothy because he would be right to himself in third person. Because <laughs> he does mention, whoever wrote it does mention Timothy. It says this in Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What I say earlier, always has been, always is, always will be. He's the same. He never changes. Never changes. So when people say, I think Jesus will allow me to do whatever, and I can get to heaven doing on my own understanding, doing whatever I want to do. No, he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I say to you today, all Jesus is asking you to do is call out to him. Call out. When he came down the road, the people were praising his name with the palm leaves in their hand, praising his name, calling him the Messiah. They knew he was the king. Not even a week later, same road, he's carrying a cross. And they were tormenting him, cursing his name. Make sure you're not one of those. Praise his name on one side of the cheek, cursing on the other. Make sure you're one of those who praise his name every day, all day. Old Testament Messiah. Make sure the Old Testament Messiah is your Savior. He's with you always. Let's bow in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for being with us. Lord, I pray right now that you'll bless our hearts and our souls and that we'll remember you every day and it, all through the day when people do things that irritate us or people say things that hurt us or we get frustrated with life in general I pray Lord we call out to you that we will remember you and that the Holy Spirit will help us to be quiet and allow you to do the speaking so that our lives will be protected. So that, Lord, there'll be less of us, more of you. And so, Lord God, I also pray, especially for this week, that Holiness Week will be blessed and that we will begin to change and become more of what we need to be, what you want us to be, Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord God, that this be a special year for every one of us. As this world seems to be coming closer and closer to what it appears to be written in the word, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that we become more and more like you tell us we should be through every single action and every second of the day. 
And Lord, I, I pray for special blessings on those who are able to be here today. And I pray for, for blessings of the people watching that they will feel your love like we feel it here. I, I thank you for them all. Lord God, thank you so very much for all my brothers and sisters. And I pray, Lord God, that they feel your love and they feel your arms wrapped around them. Pray for this. In Jesus' most holy, precious name. Amen.